0: What's up, Bike fans? Today, I'm speaking with the founders of Redio, a smart training app that uses your workout data and performance to algorithmically determine your next workout. It's an interesting concept, not just because it used data from the workouts that you do on the app, but also your past recorded workouts to get you up and running with an effective program from day one. In this episode, we talk about how they started, some of the technical challenges and opportunities in creating the app, Plus, a bit about the actual business of creating a subscription-based app. We wrap up with a look at features to come and some pie-in-the-sky thinking on what could be done in the future. Real quick before we get started, two things you wanna hear. First, stay tuned until the end because we got a promo code for you that doubles your free trial period so you can give Radio a spin for yourself. Second, huge thanks to 10 Barrel Brewing for sponsoring our podcast. Any beer whose slogan is, drink beer outside, is good by us. More on that later. And now, please welcome Rona and Craig from Radio. Hey, Rona and Craig, welcome to the Bike Rumor Show.
1: Thanks for having us. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, no, thanks a fun. lot. We're excited. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's you know, like there's going to be some questions I'm going to ask that are things I've been wondering for quite a while, actually. So it's good to actually get a chance to ask somebody about kind of how these training apps, because there are there's a number of training apps and programs out there and stuff, and Radio's a relative newcomer to the space, so. Very curious to hear what you guys do and how you're doing it. But first, for people who aren't familiar, what's my top level? What is radio?
1: So we think of radio as a cycling training platform, and we we call it a platform because we want to offer training tools to cyclists wherever they are in their training, whatever type of cyclist they are, whatever kind of goal that they want to reach. And we do that with dynamic training plans. These plans are basically Built around your schedule and the goals that you want to achieve. And then they adapt based on your performance. So we gather your data from Garmin. Let's say you record everything in Garmin. We integrate with Garmin. We take that data and we review it after every workout and weekly and look to see how you're doing and if you're matching up to what we predict you should be doing. And then we make recommendations based on that. So that's the structured training side of things. But we also have a workout catalog for the cyclist who's just looking to add some structure to what they're already doing. And maybe they want some workouts that will walk them through intervals. And they've got a smart trainer. Um, We have that feature where they can load up a workout from our catalog and do it on their trainer. They can also take the ride outside. So we want to offer a lot of features to, to be flexible for every type of rider.
0: Right. And when you say we, you know, it's a, looking at you guys on Zoom here. I think you're a fairly small team. It's really not you two determining and setting up everybody's schedules. It's the algorithms. And I think that's what maybe sets you guys apart a little bit is it's not a room full of coaches and people, uh, you know, remote trying to figure out the schedules and then reassigning new stuff based on somebody's performance. It's a hundred percent algorithmically forecasted and figured out, right?
1: That's right. And Craig can talk to that a little bit more.
2: That's totally right. And, and so what we do is we, based on what your goals are and, 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 and who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, we predict how we expect you to improve along the way. And that, that can be many areas. That can be your FTP, your lactic threshold, your even time and saddle, your, your average power in many areas as, as you're going through your, your plan. And then when you go through, we'll map up your actuals up against our predicted modeling. And in areas where you're overperforming or underperforming, we see opportunities to turn dials. And then then we make recommendations and say, hey, here's a great opportunity to be mindful of overtraining or injury. Let's step back a little bit. Or we see opportunities to to push forward and we might give you different styles of workouts or more intense styles of workouts. And it really depends. But our, our algorithms do drive that. Our algorithms are 100% based in in science. And and we have cycling coaches that we are are leaning on to write our algorithms, but it is algorithmic based.
0: Cool. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit later about like where that data is coming from and how those algorithms are informed. But before we get to that, I'm kind of curious, let's say I'm doing it and I did, I tried it this morning. I can tell you a little bit about that experience. We'll talk about that too in a bit, but let's say I did a workout and I progressed that. I don't know, two percent, you know. So I'm at like each workout. You guys see, like your algorithm sees like a two percent improvement or something. Is it going to just make the same adjustment to my workout as if somebody jumped on it and they were improving by like five percent each time, or does it adjust based on the actual amount of improvement?
2: Yeah. So, so that's a really good question. So, I'll I'll answer it. Is if we just see one or two workouts that are two percent improvement, that's not enough. We believe uh, heavily that we need a larger set of data to really make recommendations. So we're talking trends of data not not individual individual workouts. If you over the longer period of time, a couple weeks, couple rides are definitely showing that you're improving and overachieving in many areas, then we would make a larger recommendation for somebody who is not or or doing a smaller amount of improvement. They both might get recommendations for changes. Let's say in that case they're both getting increased recommendations or or slightly uh, more intense workouts. They would be different um, in terms of the amount of intensity increase based on what we're seeing from your data. If if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So what is that time frame? Right. Like if I, you know, you have a two week trial. So if I did it for two weeks, is that enough data to start making yeah. more personalized recommendations?
2: Yeah. So that's a really good question. So it is about two weeks is where we really start to see. So one week is not enough for us to say, for sure, we're definitely seeing that, that you're ready to increase. It is two weeks of data is where we start making those, those recommendations. In the first two weeks, you will get feedback that's telling you, hey, you, you're hitting your targets, you're on, you're on track, keep it up, stick with it. But in terms of us feeling comfortable enough to say, for sure, we want to adjust your entire plan as a result of this or adjust your upcoming workouts... We're looking for a little bit like uh, a little closer to two weeks of data.
0: Okay. Well, let's go back in time for a second here to where Radio was born. Like, Where did the concept come from? How did you two get involved? And I'm assuming you two started the company?
1: Yeah, we did start the company. We used to work together. We've both been in tech for 20 years or so, but always on the consulting side of things. So always helping other clients realize their vision and build out whatever project um, they were needing. And I think we were just kind of ready to do something else and build our own thing. And we're both come from endurance sports background. Um, I'll let Craig talk to, to his background, but I spent a lot of time doing triathlon and I've kind of stepped away from that the last couple of years. And now I'm really focusing more on running and, and cycling, primarily um, gravel and mountain biking is is where my heart is these days, but it shifts around a little bit. But what we really recognized is we both have this passion for endurance sports and we both really enjoy cycling. And there was this kind of gap in the the marketplace. You could, if you wanted some structured training, you could go buy a static plan and or get a static plan for free and just follow it and it and it'll probably help you out a little bit. Or you could spend a bunch of money and go get a coach. And there's kind of this middle ground where we feel like there's all of this data that these other software is offering you, but not a lot of information on what to do with it. So we thought, well, we can use that data to inform plans that are more custom and change based on the user's preferences and goals. And that is a little bit like a coach. We don't come in here saying we want to replace coaches because they are absolutely invaluable um, to the experience of of athletes. Um, But we feel like we're a nice middle ground, helping users get the most out of their data and get something a little more custom than just, here's a static plan that everybody gets and hopefully it helps you out. So, so that's why we jumped in and thought our two skill sets would work really well together. And we decided to build radio and Craig, why don't you talk a little bit about your, your background?
2: yeah it's actually pretty similar in, in a lot of ways so by trade, I am a computer scientist and an, and an engineer that, that's that's uh, what my professional background is and so I come from that perspective. I've been an avid endurance cyclist and athlete and triathlete for years and uh, like Rona, we saw a pretty big gap in the marketplace and and really I guess one of our mantras is is we thought that endurance training is hard work, but it doesn't need to be complicated and and we saw a lot of tooling either didn't exist or it was very complicated. You needed to be a physiologist with a Ph.D. in data science to understand what all the individual data sets means. And we didn't think that's actually true. And uh, we believe that the hard work should be on the training side and less on the understanding of the data and, and making sense of it. And so that's really what we went after for radio is that we believe we can offer high quality training while keeping it very simple and easy to understand and, and so that's kind of our our mantra and and so with our background both in tech and uh, endurance sports it felt like a a very good fit and so Rona has a heavy background in front end UI work and so she drives a lot of that and I'm I'm more the back end algorithms and in, in that side of it and and so we're a pretty good team in that way and and so it's been a been a really on journey to build and, and see it come to light
0: cool well congrats on the ui Rona. like well done because like i said i tried it this morning i went through the whole process of setting it up putting my information in starting a free trial and then doing a workout and it was just super intuitive like there was not a point really where i had questions in fact it was almost maybe like a, both a compliment and the like hmm type thing is i almost wondered if i was missing something because it was so easy you know sometimes you're like Oh man, is this right? So, yeah, it was super easy to use. And that's good because for me, like, I don't really, I'm using air quotes here, train because I just kind of like ride harder. Or I go with friends who have training plans and I just kind of do what they do out on the road and I get faster because they're faster than me. But one of the kind of mental blocks I've always had against starting one of these programs or like coming up with a plan and trying to sketch it all out is it just it seems a little overwhelming for one. But then there was also the, Okay, so I pick some workouts, then what do I do? How do I get it onto my device and this, that, and the other? So I do want to talk to you about how you get these onto the devices. But before that, the website kind of led me to think this about getting the data into your app to begin with. And then you just mentioned, you know, importing the data from like a Garmin. Is it only using the information? that it's tracking once I start using the app? Or can it like look at past workouts from say, Strava or Garmin or Training Peaks, and then kind of like already see where you are and then create a plan based on that? Or does it have to learn your behavior itself?
1: Well, we uh, definitely use whatever data we can get our hands on. And when you first integrate with, you know, you, you pull up your third party app and sign into Garmin, for instance. Once you authenticate and give radio permission to take your data, then we will get, I think it's 30 days of history from Garmin. And then obviously anything coming going forward, if you record on your Garmin device, then we'll get that. Wahoo, I think is 30 days. Craig might know better. I can't remember how how long. Um, We do not do that with Strava. And that just has to do with their developer agreement. And being able to store your data and use it for the algorithms and such, um, we're not technically allowed to do that. So with Strava, our integration is that if you record your workout in the radio workout player where we're recording it, we will send the data to Strava, but we do not take data from Strava.
0: Yeah. And it was like instant too. like I literally hit in workout and boom, my little Strava alert popped up. This is your workout's been saved. Like, I mean, literally like two seconds later, it was crazy fast.
1: Nice, nice, good. Yeah, we're we're trying to have things upload as quickly as possible because people always want to see their the hard work they put into it right away. So that's good. Glad you got that experience. It's
2: cool. nice to hear you say about the uh, the the clean experience and and in full transparency. It's it's actually one of the things we've heard sometimes feedback wise where people are saying, I'm not sure it's doing <laughs> enough and uh and, and 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 what's it doing? and and so it's a bit of a dual-edged sword because we're we're trying to build this uh, rocket ship that works like that's as simple as a toaster, basically, and that can be a little misleading from time to time. and so it, it's a fine line that we have to walk in terms of being transparent of everything we're doing, but not overwhelming our, our our user base with with a lot of data. So it's really nice to hear you say that it was intuitive and and, and you were able to connect the dots of, of everything it was doing. And, and, and that that has been something we've worked pretty hard on and, and kudos to Rona, but but it's definitely a, a fine line where, where we've been trying to walk. Cool. So let's talk about,
0: you know, you guys met, you saw a need in the marketplace and you wanted to do something on your own. What was that next step? You know, because it seems like a big task to build... An app and then an algorithm, right? Like you have to build all of this from scratch, really, I think, right? Like how were the, what were those kind of like building blocks like step by step to get from idea to here's our app on the app store?
1: yeah. well, I mean, we we started off with the obvious like what problems are we trying to solve, and then what tools do we need to do that? and we we started off with the plans, developing the plans. And we started we tried to think a lot like how coaches think. Which is what what makes up a good plan. We need to have, you know, we have to think about intensity distribution and and the different focuses of the workouts and when to prescribe them. and And so, I mean, we can't give away too much secret sauce of how we we landed where we did, but there is a ton of research, tons of research, just loads of time reading Joe Friel's books, of course, listening to Steven Siler, um, Stacy Sims, all all the all the folks who've been doing this for such a long time and are are so transparent and helpful with the information that they share. Just going through that and talking to coaches and reviewing our thoughts with coaches and making sure we were going the right direction. So yeah, we, we started with the research. We looked into, we're primarily using Coggins training zones and the formulas that came out of his research and started starting building plans. And we take in data like the user's goals, what kind of events are they training for? How much time do we have? um, And then we look at how to chunk it out so that we've got the right intensity distribution at the right time based on what they're training. And then from there, you just kind of figure out what the formulas are. And we've been tweaking, like we're new and there's an infinite possibility of plans that can be built. So we're constantly, we're constantly building plans based on different criteria and reviewing to see what the algorithm has, has output. And we, have a lot of ideas for where we want to take things. Um, The more data we get, the better. So there's always going to be more. And so there's always going to be more opportunity to to keep going with that. But so yeah, we started with that. And then we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to build this UI? And how are we going to build it quickly so we can get it out to both of the app stores? And so we, I don't know uh, how much you know about app development, but we decided to go with Google's Flutter platform for that because it allowed me to build once and deploy to multiple places. So cool. we made that tooling decision. And then Craig uh, built all the microservices in the cloud and used Golang for that. Primarily, there's some Java in there. So yeah, we picked the tools and then built the interface. And now we're, we're out in the world.
0: How long did that take from concept to being on the App Store ready to download and running?
1: I think it was two years.
2: About two years, uh, somewhere in there. It was definitely slightly uh, longer than I think we originally anticipated. <laughs> Everything does, <laughs> especially projects yeah. like this, right?
1: We were going to have it done in six months, right? We were, sure, <laughs> sure. We
2: were blissfully <laughs> ignorant in some ways, and we're like, "Whoa, this is a bit bigger." But, but Rona actually alluded to this, and and I, and uh, this is a bit software engineering, and, and so I don't want to come across that much. But we we subscribe mightily to this mindset of. Not trying to boil the ocean and deliver everything right out of the gate. and so we're we're doing small incremental changes. and so at radio the the entire team, we're all working on it in small pieces and delivering them as fast as possible. So we've gotten to where we are by doing that, but that's not slowing down. We're not done in any way. We're continuing to involve the evolve the algorithms. we're continuing to take more data and add more features on a on a very frequent basis. We, we believe that our ability to do, to deliver high quality features that customers needs is a core differentiator of, of who we are. And so the speed at what how we built will continue now that we're live and, and continuing to move forward. so, so that's a, a key component of who we are and, and how we built it. It's kind of that old adage of how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time you know and, and so that, that's kind of what we're doing here and uh, and that will continue.
0: Cool. So for the workouts, you know, like for many, many years, I've used Sufferfest. So and I think a lot of people are familiar with it, where you have this little graphical chart. And so if somebody hasn't looked at radio yet, it's you see like the the line, almost like a bar graph of your workout, right? Higher just means more intensity, you know, more power output. So for each of those, somebody has to build that little workout. And I think it looks the same on some of the build your own workout things that people might be using. So for those... I guess, like, how did you come up with those? Are you guys physically building those based on the research? Or do you have coaches building those? Or are they actually like the workouts themselves generated by the algorithms?
1: Oh, we are building workouts. Yeah. And then there might be, based on the recommendations that you have, the algorithms might modify the workouts. But the, if you're just cruising through the workout catalog to pick a, a workout, that's 100% us building them.
2: And just to add a little bit to that, all the workouts, we are built... We have built them, but they all have rules around them in terms of uh, how they can look and how they can feel. And so all of our workouts have a, an intended focus, whether it's an endurance style workout or a VO2 max or threshold. And, and each of those intended focuses have rules that define what those workouts can and should look like. And so all of our workouts are built and but they can be modified, but they must be modified within the rules that, that were written. And those rules come from our coaches, come from uh, quite a bit of research. And so it's not like we're just building workouts that are fun to build. They're they're heavily built in what the the current science is is telling us to do. So are
0: they able to adapt in real time? Like let's say I'm it's learned my history and it knows when I'm actually working or when I'm kind of like slacking off on one. And says, "Okay, well, this interval is supposed to be four minutes at whatever percent. It looks like you're not really working Tyler. We're going to go ahead and make it five minutes, or we're going to bring the intensity up a little bit and make you work a little harder. Like it, how far away are you from, or do you already have like kind of dynamic workouts that'll change as you're doing them just to make sure somebody's actually doing what they're supposed to be doing?
1: Well, I'm of two minds on this. That sounds like a cool feature, and then I also think you're kind of missing what the rider is telling you. If you're having trouble getting that interval, I don't think throwing more work at you is the right thing to do. I understand why there are other platforms going that direction. I'm interested in seeing what happens there, but that's not something that we'll do. What we want to do is have users give us information after their workout and let us know, like, did this, was this just too hard? Um, we'll be able to see from the data, but we want the subjective data too. If if on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard did it feel? If we were expecting it to feel like a 5 and you're telling us it was a 10, that gives us information on how to adapt things going forward. If you right. slept like crap the night before, that could have had an impact too. And I think that's more valuable than like, you've messed up the first interval, we're going to punish you with more work to make sure <laughs> you get that that workload in. Uh, I don't, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess it'd be hard to tell the difference between slacking off and somebody who's just like overtrained or fatigued or something.
1: Right. And you get you get the feeling of we can see that with the the overtraining and fatigue is easier to see over time than just with one workout. And if you're just having a bad day or or you are slacking off, why are you slacking off? Like maybe you need to slack off. Like there's something in your brain saying, "I'm not feeling up for it." So, yeah, I think it we would rely more heavily on seeing a pattern of this behavior than than making a kind of a guess as to why this moment in time you're not hitting your interval.
2: Yeah, this comes back to really being I guess biased towards making sure we have enough data to make accurate decisions where if it's one workout or even one interval in a workout that you might not be hitting, is that really enough data to say you definitely should Turn it down or turn it up, or we'll continue the workout until you hit the proper stress score. We're not comfortable enough to say that's definitely a, a good approach, from what we we see. In in addition to that, to echo a little bit, but uh, the subjective data is critical. It's how did you feel, and and this sort of information, and this is actually one of the areas where we're expanding upon right now, where. As, as you give us more information about subjectively how you felt in that workout, that drives a lot of the data or w- will continue to drive in, in one of the areas we're growing the most in because the objective gives us a little bit or a lot. You know, you hit your power zone, you hit your heart rate zone, you, your, your cadence was where it's supposed to be, but you felt like rubbish. What does that mean and, and why? And using that to drive, drive the plan. Having said all that, if you're in the middle of the workout and you're not hitting your zone, our workout player does give you the ability to turn it down and say hey, drop it by a certain percent and and hold it. I'm just I'm just struggling. I had a tough day at work. It's stressful. I need to relax a little bit. And so the player will not continue to crush you and you can drop those zones and 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 go through and and we'll get the data and and process it and make recommendations accordingly.
0: Cool. So maybe I turned it off a little too quickly after my workout, but I didn't see like something popping up asking for that subjective feedback. Do I have to go in afterwards and like select my workout and then add it? Or like, I feel like it should be signaling me, queuing me up to do that like right afterwards.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. And that is on our our list of things to do. Right now, if you go into your workout results, there's a little pencil icon on the bottom right. And you would click on that to give the feedback. But it's... That's one of those things that if you don't present it right away, people aren't going to do it. So it's absolutely on the roadmap to get that in front of people as soon as they're done.
0: Cool. So i being a far too long entrepreneur, I'm really curious about some of the business sides of this. So what was the launch date for radio and like how much have you guys grown in terms of subscriber base or what other metrics are you looking at for growth?
2: Yeah. So so Rona, keep me honest here. I think our launch date was uh, February of uh, this year was the official launch date. Is that is that right, Rona? Uh,
1: February of 2020. So
2: oh. yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We decided to launch the year of a global pandemic. And let me tell you how awesome Which that
0: Probably is. was like perfect timing, really, with everybody stuck inside for a while, right?
2: Yeah, it's yes and no. I mean, I think we found that People were stuck inside, people were getting on their bikes, but then people were also unsure of uncertainty and, uh, and, and trying new things was, uh, was definitely a, a challenging area. So we did launch, uh, I guess it was February 2020, Rona's right, as, as you can see, everything blurs together. Um, <laughs> our growth has been pretty steady. And uh, I think it's a slow growth, but it's, we've been slowly growing customer base and uh, pretty steady. I would say our launch was a soft launch in that uh, we were kind of quiet about it. We released it, we moved it, we weren't sure uh, where it was going. And then we really started to push heavily this year and deliver features faster and build upon it. Our growth has improved this year and moved a little bit faster. We are expecting planning for this, this winter. As people go into winter and do a lot more indoor cycling, to uh, help people with their off-season training plans and, and and have a pretty big boost this winter. And so I guess to answer your question succinctly, it's been a pretty steady growth. We are expecting this winter a a more aggressive growth after that. Cool.
0: So one more little business question about it. So I, with you guys, when I went to sign up, I did it through a browser as opposed to downloading the app first. And it was you know like, hey, do you want... You can do it with this, 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 or email, create your own account or download the app and sign up through the app. So I'm sort of curious, like if somebody signs up through the app, are you paying a cut of that to the app store, like Apple or Google or whatever it is? Or so it seems to me you'd probably prefer if I sign up directly on your website
1: Yes, please. First, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know what we're
2: allowed to say here, but yeah, they, like, I'll say yeah, it for absolutely. you. If you're
0: going to sign up for radio, go to their website and sign up there and help help the small business out without yeah. losing. I don't even know what the cut is. I think Apple changed it a little bit, but it was it used to be like thirty percent or something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's no yes. joke. And with subscriptions, though, it's only for the first year that somebody's a subscriber, and then I think it drops or we get all of it. I can't, I can't remember. I mean, we, we wanted to make it as easy for anybody who wants to join to join. And if going through the app store, if it's a matter of comfort, you know, some people trust the app stores with their credit card more than training system they're buying. That's totally fine. Uh, We wanted to give that option.
0: And an app store customer is better than no customer. So Exactly. (laughs) Right. So, is it? um, I noticed like when I signed up for the free trial, it was you need a credit card to sign up. Was there, did you guys have you done like A B testing with, you know, sign up without a credit card versus sign up with or like a 14 day versus a 30 day? Like,
1: yeah. So, we have thought about doing that. And ultimately, the reason we decided to go with the credit card was because we wanted, we wanted customers who are like willing to make a commitment and they're dedicated to, their training. And they're going to try this thing legitimately and go for it. Um, it actually costs money to, to have people doing a free trial. Um, and being new, it made sense to, to try to make sure that we're getting people who are actually serious about it, um, rather than folks who want to walk away without the credit card. So yeah, I mean, we've gone back and forth on it. And we might end up going that direction for the free trial. It is a feature that would have to be built because you know there's different authentication flows and stuff like that. So, but we haven't really landed on whether we're going to go that direction or not. But that was kind of our I'm probably giving too much away. But that was our thinking and <laughs> going with the credit card requirement.
2: Yeah, it's one of our most common conversations we have as to what what's the best way to do this. And uh, I would say uh, the, the only thing I would add is that. You won't be charged if you do the two-week <laughs> trial, um, and you will receive an email prior to being charged that hey, your your free trial is about to end, just so you're aware. So, we want to be very transparent about that. But but as Rona said, we're really looking for people who are are serious about cycling training, and uh, um, and and so that that was one of the key drivers.
0: Cool. So let's talk a little bit entertainment value. And again, I'm just not to like keep talking about your competition but I'm you know things that people are familiar with you know like Sufferfest I think what kind of helped them blow up and differentiated them was they had the videos that were highly entertaining you know a lot of rewatch value when everything else was like either nothing or I just man I remember some of the old Carmichael stuff of, of watching a room full of people sitting on a trainer and a coach walking around and you just wanted to bang your head against the wall you know and nothing against Chris he's a great dude great coach but man his videos were so boring Um, so like, that's how I started using Surfer is I just was looking for something to entertain. And now, of course, Zwift is blowing up. So, you know, like, not to sound mean, but there's zero entertainment value to watching the little radio screen, except for just all your progress on the bar. But you can upload your workouts to Zwift, right? And run them in there. What else can you do? Like, how can I make this more entertaining?
1: You can also export the workouts um, and do them on Ruby. I think the two okay. uh, we we let you export with ZWO files and is it MRC files? Is the other one, Craig?
2: That's correct. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that you can upload that into Ruby, and uh, that might work on other platforms. I don't. I, it's been a while since we've looked at that. Yeah. So we don't offer any entertainment, and that might <laughs> be something we look at down the road. But primarily, we want to get people exercising in the in the way that works best for their lifestyle and ideally you're either focusing on your work or you're you're outside um and in that case you might have the workout on your phone on your handlebars and we don't really want to be distracting you with all kinds of fun stuff on the display at that point
0: yeah true Um, maybe you need the well you do kind of have a on the bike off the bike or like indoor outdoor button that you can push i was going to mention like i was I kept waiting for it to like ask me for more information or approve my trainer or connect. And I literally just hit play and and indoor, you know, because there was no other options and it said connect stuff and I hit the button to connect and my trainer popped up, my heart rate monitor popped up. I hit yes, yes. And then it went right. Like there was, there's kind of like almost again, like almost a lack of information to give me the confidence that it was going to work. But once I started (laughs) riding, right, like the trainer was adjusting the intensity or the resistance for me, it just, Everything worked perfectly, which was really, really cool. So yeah, super simple. Again, well done on the UI.
1: Thanks. I mean, and and that's good feedback because it would be pretty easy to just give you a little bit more that says, all right, you're all set. Pretty yeah. <laughs> you know, just something that simple we could add.
2: And just to add a little bit, the reason we do indoor outdoors is actually for GPS as well. So we expect people to, you can do your workouts directly in the app outdoor if you mount your phone on your handlebars. Uh, there's many products that, that can mount it. And, and I do a lot of my rides that way and, and it works very well. When you're outdoor, we're able to use GPS, get your, get your location and uh, speed off of that as well. You can also send or we will automatically send your workouts to your Garmin device. So if you do use Garmin and you have an upcoming workout, it'll just show up in Garmin Connect. It's then you can push it to your device. And then you don't even have to use the app, but it'll walk you step by step through the individual workout and keep you in your zone. So whether you're using your heart rate or power, it'll it'll tell you what your targets are. And so we, we love the the workout player. We think it's a pretty cool feature, but, but not everybody rides their bike outdoors with a, a phone on their handlebars. So um, you can... Do it directly in your head unit as well.
0: Cool. So, like, if, if I sent the workout to Zwift or Ruby, how does that data get back into your system, or do you have to run the app simultaneously with the uh, the entertainment portion?
1: Yeah. So that's that's kind of a bummer that we can't integrate with those platforms to get the information back. Like, there isn't an API that we know of for Zwift, and it's something that we're paying attention to because. It would be great if we could allow for the upload of our workouts to Zwift a little bit easier. Like right now, it's pretty manual. We'll email you the file, but then you have to go into your computer and like drag it over to a folder. So we're paying attention. If anybody from Zwift is listening, we would love an API so we can get our people up and and running in your system easily and then get the data back. But yeah, so you would either have to, to get the data back to us, you would have to export the workout from Zwift or Ruby and then upload it. And you can do that on the website, or you would have to record it separately. So if, you are, if you've got your Garmin running or something while you're doing the, the Zwift ride, then, then we would get it automatically that way.
0: Well, I imagine you could literally just have your app running, do the workout on the app, and it's going to also tell Zwift what to do. So if you have an interview and you're going harder, you're just going to be going faster in Zwift, right? Or will it not speak to both systems at the same time?
1: it can't speak to both systems at the, because what is happening is Zwift is trying to control the trainer and then radio would be trying to control the, uh, trainer, gotcha. and the trainer. I don't know. I actually don't know what the trainer would do at that. <laughs> I mean, it might be going back and forth. Like who knows which signal it's getting at which time. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that because uh, yeah, there, there isn't really a way to control that. If you're just using heart rate, you could do that. So if you, or if you're on a, if you're not on a smart trainer, of course, then you wouldn't be doing Zwift anyway. But if you had the heart rate being recorded on radio and you just don't connect to the trainer, um, then we could get that data. And then, but Zwift would get all the power data, and that's no fun. The best thing to do would be to export the workout and then upload it back over to radio.
2: I do ride on 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 Zwift uh, occasionally as well. Some, sometimes for the, the brain candy of, of the UI, and and so the my setup it depends. I have as probably we all do so many bikes and different configurations, but. I generally connect uh, Zwift to my, uh, my trainer, and so Zwift now controls my trainer, and then I get the UI. I still have my head unit, and, uh, and so I'll always attach my heart rate monitor to my head unit. And uh, if for my bikes, that do have a power meter in it, uh, not the, the bike trainer itself, then I'll also get power on the head unit, so then Zwift will control the trainer but the data is actually captured on the head unit and then that'll automatically get sent to radio and, and you don't have to do the, the export. And and that works very well. And once you get comfortable with that, once I was able to get comfortable with that configuration, it's worked. I have a couple of bikes that some have power, some don't. And uh, it just depends upon the configuration, but I'll connect Zwift to the trainer and then just use my head unit to capture data.
0: Cool. Yeah, it seems like actually a fairly simple solution if you already have a power meter on your bike. That's mm-hmm. not a hub based one, but I mean who has that anymore? It seems like everything's going crank based.
2: Yeah, it's 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 I have one bike that doesn't, and so I just get heart rate from there and it it's fine too. But yeah, most of my bikes do. Cool.
0: Well, so what's kind of final question? Like what's on the roadmap? What's next for radio or what can you tell us about the future of it?
1: I mean, we definitely want to do more integrations. Right now, we integrate with Garmin, Wahoo, Sunto, and Polar. So we will get any information that you record on one of their devices. Um, you can set it up so that we get the data. And right now, we can push workouts to Garmin, like Craig described. So you can do workouts on Garmin devices. Um, but more devices, are, more hardware companies are offering that, are planning on offering that, are working on offering that. And so we absolutely want to jump on that as soon as those come out. Um, again, we want to make it the, as easy as possible for people to get workouts wherever they are. So there's that. And then we absolutely want to talk to coaches and see about how we can build a coaching platform around this. So if any coaches are listening and are interested in hearing about how Radio can help you coach your athletes and, and help you focus on what you do best, which is motivating and encouraging your athletes and giving them the confidence they need to go out and perform well. Um, we can help with kind of the minutia of managing plans and tweaking plans. That's kind of a, a big vision that we have and we want to talk to to coaches about that. So that's probably the, the two things that we can share. We always want to hear from our users about what they want to see. And wanna, some of our mo- more popular features came directly from our customer base. One of them was providing the fueling tips on longer rides. So people had an idea of how many calories and how many grams of carbohydrate they should be consuming during longer rides that came directly from, from customers. And we want to, we want to keep hearing what, what people want to see in the, in the platform and then we'll get it in the roadmap if it makes sense. So, but yeah, those are probably the two biggies that I can talk about. Craig, am I Missing anything? Yeah,
2: no. I, I might put a finer point on 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 some of them a, a little. But um, we're working directly with Sunto right now. Um, they are delivering uh, a new API to send what they call guides, and this would be the structured workout to tell you the intervals and the actions and the zones. It's not a feature that they that they have. And so we're working directly with them on that and going to be one of the earliest adopters for that. And so that's actually ongoing right now. And I look for that hopefully soon. And uh, the coaching platform's huge. Rona, Rona mentioned it. We, we're not trying to replace coaches. We actually see a world where our recommendations engine, our algorithms can help inform coaches and, and maybe help coaches have more athletes and uh, stay on top of more athletes. And the, the psychology of cycling coaching is critical. And uh, radio will, will help make coaches better, but it's not a replacement by any stretch. Our alg- algorithms will continue to evolve. I mentioned earlier uh, the subjective data. So this is an area as we get more data and larger sets of data, we're crossing across the subjective data with the objective data. And so that's definitely going to expand quite a bit in the future. And uh, um, we see huge opportunities there. And, and so we're, we're looking forward to that. I think those are the big ones.
0: Cool. So I'm kind of curious because this seems like one of the challenges with outdoor workouts is you have a lot of variables like stoplights or traffic or, you know, who knows what else, wind, rain, things where you know, you might have a well-structured workout in front of you and it's telling you to go and you're like, well, I can't, right? So like, how hard would it be to take that GPS information and almost help the person map out a route like the, the app would create the route, say, okay. And then it knows when a hill's coming up and it's saying, okay, go, this is your interval, and then stop and then, you know, route your back to do that hill again or the next hill. It seems like it's well within the technological capabilities of the devices we have these days.
2: It is. And and it's something we've we've discussed and even done I, I can't say too too much here, but a little bit of a proof of concept in terms of how do we look at GPS data and and apply what's called the Haversine formula to determine the the slope, the elevation, and, and what would be the, the best route. It does get a little bit tricky when you're talking about what's a bike route, not a bike route and sending people on, the, on, the, on safe routes and, and all of that. But uh, it certainly is an area that we are looking at. And I guess my, my blanket answer would be we could do it as we get more data and more data around commonly used bike routes and, and regularly used bike routes as, as to what the best routes would be for a specific workout. But it's absolutely something we've we've been discussing and we're we're interested in. I would not say it's on our immediate roadmap, but it's I would say it's on our roadmap.
0: Cool. I imagine there's, uh, it opens up some liability too if you just have this route and somebody blows through. I I think Strava suffered with that beginning, right? When people were trying to get KOMs at all costs.
2: They they originally had like downhill uh, KOMs and people were just like suffering. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, not safe. Not
1: safe. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we want people to get outside and have fun. And, If you're gonna miss the interval start because you're at a red light, it's all right. It's more important that you're out there, you're being consistent with your training, you're trying to hit the zones for the right number of minutes and don't stress too much on getting it exactly perfect. You're still gonna get the benefits of being out there and doing the work.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. It's kind of neat to learn how these apps work and how one came to be from concept to reality. So appreciate the time.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot for
1: having us.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. I love hearing the startup stories of bike brands because almost every one of them is a pure passion play. They've started by riders who wanted to do something on their own and saw a gap in the market, then took the leap to create something cool. Radio's founders not only took a leap of faith, but they went into a category that has some steep competition. But after using it, I'd say they've managed to create something both interesting and useful Particularly if your focus is more on getting stronger and faster than just entertaining yourself on the trainer. If you'd like to try it yourself, you can use promo code BIKERUMOR30 to more than double your free trial period from 14 days to a full 30 days. That's BIKERUMOR30, all one word, BIKERUMOR30. Just enter that on the last page of their sign-up form. And, you know, do them a favor, sign up on their website not through the app. And if you're looking for a refreshing bevy after a hard training session, check out 10 Barrel Brewing's awesome assortment of sours. They're perfect on a hot day or after ride summer drink with friends. They're only available on the West Coast of the U.S. for now, but absolutely worth checking out if you can find it. Huge thanks to them for sponsoring this podcast. That's it for this week. Here's to training smarter, not harder. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and tell a friend about us if you like this. You can check out every episode at bikeroomer.com slash podcast. Until next time, keep the rubber side down.